0: Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dana Buckler Show. My name is Dana, and I am joined by my good friend Bill Cersei. Welcome back, welcome That's to the me. Five
1: Time Club. Five Time Club, I'm here. You're yes, your, yes, yes. This is yes. your
0: fifth appearance on the show. You're uh, in the company of Jim Hempel and Phil Giawano, so this is this is
1: good. This nah. In my eyes, I'm an A-lister, but with when you put my name with them, I'm like D or F. No, but no. no. I, if you ask me, I'm I'm an A-lister. But don't come on now. sell
0: yourself short on that build. No. I do
1: every day, but that's fine. I'm uh, I'm blessed to be here, and I'm pumped, and uh, I'm sipping on coffee, so it might get worse, but uh, can't wait for this one. It is a little bit
0: early in the morning. We are recording on a Sunday morning. This was the only time that you were available. so I've
1: got a busy schedule, man. Yeah, I'm an A-lister.
0: I, I understand. every. I completely understand busy schedules. Yep. Believe me when I do. So here we are, another movie draft. We've done sports movies. We've done comedy movies. We've done action movies.
1: Yes, that is true.
0: And we're going to go really broad with this particular draft. We're going to go... 1980s, just the decade, the decade that is the 1980s. So thousands of movies. thousands of movies. So we had to set some parameters for this one because, you know, inevitably we are going to, I think we've even discussed, this will not be the only 1980s movie draft that we do.
1: Right. We're going to have to, especially, I'm sure some people will be mad at me for missing some. So, um, and I'm going to want some more, so I'm, I'm sure we'll do at least one more 80s. Absolutely.
0: So let's talk about the parameters that we set. We made the decision that you can only pick one director's movies, meaning if I wanted to do a Spielberg film, I can only pick one Spielberg film from that decade. It's a lot of pressure, Dana. It is a lot of pressure, but... I think it's going to make it a little bit easier, but who are we kidding? This was this is by far the most difficult list that I've tried to put together. My big board has just got hundreds of selections on it.
1: No, I, I agree. Usually, I'm trying to like just you know the the, the uh, challenges to rank in order. This one was the challenge is just picking ten or, or fifteen or whatever to get to ten.
0: Absolutely, and I want to make clear that I'm not drafting what I consider to be the 10 greatest movies of the 1980s. I'm drafting 10 movies that I want on my list of of 80s movies that I really love. So there might be some controversial picks. There might be some what I'll call head scratchers. Like, why would he pick that film? Sure. But it's because these movies mean something to me. And that's what's the most important thing about these drafts. We're not putting out the definitive list, the criterion collection, if you will. Uh, I don't even know if there'll be an Oscar nominated film on my list.
1: Yes, I might have one, but um I have the same thing. I have some movies that that impact me and some people probably will scratch their head and shake their head at the same time but I don't care it's my list and I can't wait to uh to get going
0: all right so Bill one of the things that has been happening with each one of these drafts is we've been doing a coin toss oh yeah now you have been on the losing end of three of those coin tosses, and you have always felt like uh, I sprung these coin tosses on you. I wasn't ready. You weren't ready. You
1: have to plan for a coin flip. You can't just spring it on me.
0: So you actually planned well in advance, and we saw each other this past Wednesday night. Yep. And you had told me days leading up to it, we're doing the coin toss then.
1: Absolutely. I wanted to have some control. I had to be ready for this thing.
0: And more importantly, Yep. You wanted there to be an audience for this coin toss. You wanted there to be definitive proof that you won this coin toss, that I wouldn't object to you winning the coin toss.
1: I agree. And I, I had my uh, from the Turnpike Cup, which if you listen to our last show, there's a big group of golf guys, but I only had my team from the Turnpike Cup and we're the maniacs. So I had the maniacs in front of me. Uh, to make sure that you weren't going to cheat on this coin flip
0: and it was nice to meet your golf group
1: yeah the maniacs how did they how did you know i have we had a couple of things we want to mention on the air but how did we do overall uh,
0: it was a wonderful time oh a we had a blast wonderful time okay so you did win the coin toss
1: i did yeah you brought two coins i got to pick so i felt like i controlled nothing i wasn't surprised and i shocker i won so here I am, almost wondering if, like in the
0: movie Draft Day, yeah. if I'm, uh, you know, you're sitting with the number one pick, and am I like the general manager of the C- Seahawks, <laughs> trying to call you in the morning, trying to figure out if I want to trade a couple picks for
1: your number one? I'm, I'm, My phones are ready. <laughs> I don't hear anything ringing yet, but uh, my team behind me, the Maniacs, I've got them in the war room, too. So don't think that your phone might ring either.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and get this thing started. So, Bill... For the 1980s movie draft, Uh, you are on the clock. What is your number one pick?
1: So one thing that I kind of had to look at um, with the 80s is I kind of put them in two different kind of genres. Some 80s movies, because I obviously watched a ton, and I'm sure you watched a ton too in the last few weeks. Some movies that came out in the 80s were about the 80s. Like when you watched it, you knew that this was like documenting – what the 80s were. I mean, you saw the clothes and the products and everything. And then some movies that came out in the 80s were just happened to come out during the 80s. Had nothing to do with the 80s. Either they were old, you know, from, you know, a long time ago or just whatever. But so my first pick, I really wanted to pick an iconic 80s movie that I've watched a thousand times that really captured the 80s. But you could watch it today. And it's still an amazing movie. I'm going to take one of the biggest directors off the board. And I'm going to play a little song, which is going to totally give this away. um, Just so Dana doesn't have to wait any longer. Oh. So if that comes across clear, that's my pick right there. Um, I'll stop that. Um, Couple things I want to say about The Breakfast Club, if I can. And that also takes John Hughes off my board. So, so I cannot pick, so Dana, you could say, so here's a strategy, right. you can wait for John Hughes and pick him at your 10th pick and still get John Hughes, is that a nice strategy that, that I just gave you? That is a very good strategy. You're welcome.
0: One that I did not think about.
1: And it just came in my head, now I just gave you a...
0: Because let's be clear, there's a few John Hughes movies on my board.
1: Sure, so, so. Na- so now you can wait. You can wait now. You can sit on Hughes, so you're you're welcome there. A um, couple of things I wrote down um, besides the obvious. Um, it was interesting. The budget was only one million. I'm trying to be like the uh, you know the expert here. I did a little homework this time. So the budget was only one million, and it grossed forty five point eight million. So I would say that that was probably a good profit. What do you think of that one? That is an incredibly nice
0: <laughs> return on 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 investment. A nice ROI, if you will. Yes. Go on.
1: Yeah, and uh, I mean, for obvious reasons, they filmed it in a school. Um, there was Probably not a lot of things that they needed besides the actors and and that's that's the thing about this movie it It, it is all about the characters. It, it has nothing to do with anything but the characters and the thing I always kind of pull away from it besides just kind of the ending, which is so iconic, is just don't judge a book by its cover. like you look at these these kids and it's a group of completely opposite high school kids that we've all I'm sure everyone listening has seen this movie, but actually they're all exactly the same. Even though they all look different, they're all going through the whole, the same thing at home, the same struggles that kids went through in the 80s. Um, And it's just awesome. And and I always just kind of love the end when he writes the letter and he says, the brain, the athlete, the basket case, the princess and a criminal were the breakfast club. It's just a cool ending. He puts the, di- you know, her her diamond earring in his ear and such a cool movie. What are your thoughts?
0: Well, The Breakfast Club, uh, like you said, written directed by John Hughes. This was in 84 when this film came out. So this is or is it 85? I might be off. I wrote 85. Okay, so it was 85 when this film came out. See
1: Dana's out. going off no notes. See you're yeah. just going off the top yeah, of your head here, Dana. Yes, yeah, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah.
0: 85. Uh, so it's 1985. This is actually the same year that he did Weird Science, which is a a, a Uh, Drastically different film from the breakfast club. Uh, This is the I think the breakfast club is the movie that put John Hughes on the map in the sense that he knew how to write honest dialogue about the teenage experience and what was so good and so clever about the breakfast club was the fact that you mentioned it. Uh, I don't want to use the term stereotype, but there was every sort of individual that would go to high school represented in there. So when you were in high school in the 1980s, you could identify with at least one of the characters in this film.
1: Yeah, like the nerd, the athlete, you know, the pretty. Yeah, The
0: fact that John Hughes went for the R rating meant that he was going to have the most honest dialogue possible. Big
1: time. They got into the deep discussions of like real life things absolutely. like real deep
0: absolutely and the thing about it is you know you take away the the 80s fashions and the and the lack of the modern technology that we have today and the issues that were that the that the kids were dealing with in this film are issues that they still deal with today sure. in 2021. They so, just call
1: it different things, but it's the same stuff they go you through. You call tonight.
0: it sort of an 80s time capsule film, and it is. Yeah. But it's also very relevant today. I think that's a phenomenal pick, and, and one that I would have strongly considered taking had I had that option.
1: Well, it's so. good good to know. I couldn't let it pass.
0: All right. So my number. My well, number,
1: Dana, hold on, yeah. Dana. I got to stop you right now. My phone's ringing right now. My phone's ringing. I, I got I to gotta throw something at you here. So my team, I'm getting a message right here, and uh, there, there's a trade offer on the block already. I mean, I don't know what you feel about that, but I figured I'd surprise you here. We've got a trade offer for your first pick. Okay, what's the Yeah, it's the coming offer? in right now. What's the offer? That's a good question. All right, so uh, hold on. Let me see what the guys are saying here. Okay, so we're, we're offering you our second round pick. So my next pick, okay, so you're going to get that. They're offering our next draft's first round pick. So you're gonna get whatever draft we get. You'll get next. You'll get my first pick. So you'll get, two, get two first picks. round picks. Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm gonna take that deal right
1: now. All, All right. right. I was I wanna... gonna give you something else to sweeten the deal, but uh, you'll get it as a gift anyway. We got a Tom Brady newspaper uh, from the Super Bowl here for you. Oh
0: yes, and and for those who don't know. You and your wife did attend the Super Bowl this year.
1: We were one of only 24,800 people there. You were featured on the cover of many,
0: many different publications. I'm not making this up. No,
1: yeah. It, we got calls from the Washington Post, two local papers. My wife got interviewed on TV. It was pretty wild. Yeah, so... Yeah, it was fun. We and, had a blast. And, 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 and long we're long-time Bucks fans. And listeners
0: know I'm a, a diehard New England Patriots fan, but more importantly, I'm a diehard Tom Brady fan. So this was the happiest that I've ever been for a non-Patriots team winning the Super Bowl. And the fact that you were there... Yeah and the bucks put on just a dominant performance I, i'm very very i was so happy for you thank you and, and you actually FaceTime me from raymond james that's Stadium. love dana that's that, love that i didn't awesome. facetime
1: anyone but you by the way And i appreciated that yeah. very much so all right so uh, dra- the the uh so um the trade
0: the, the trade. trade offer so the trade is i'm gonna give you my number one pick, yes. and i'm gonna get your number one pick on the next draft we do
1: Plus, you'll get my next pick. So you're gonna get, uh, you'll get to pick twice here okay. before I go again. All and right. you'll get my first round pick next draft. All right, that sounds like a good deal. The you're tr- taking that. Go ahead and put the. Go ahead and tell Goodell we're doing it. All right, good. It's done. So, um, so the pick, the pick is in already. Okay. So the pick's already in. We were already ready for this. So, so for my second first round pick of the 2021 80s draft we're going with a movie that had a slightly bigger budget 19 million it grossed 63 million so not not as much of a return but still pretty good um this movie to me is one of those uh similar things where there's a group of people kind of working together i'm trying not to give away all of the things till i till i uh, give you the song because i got another song for this and we'll see if you get this um there's two songs in this one uh i'll see if you get it with this (laughs)
0: <laughs> I already know.
1: All right, so you got know. it. Yep, yep. All right. right. And then, you here-
0: play the first... I'm telling you, yeah. You, right. play, you played the first few bars of Cindy Loppers. Good enough. Yeah, I already know exactly what you're. You're doing. so good. D-
1: again, Dana has no notes in front
0: of him. Um, so that was uh, 1985's The Goonies as your second round, as your first, first as the second first, first round, round pick.
1: pick. Boom, and that's uh, gone off the board. And I'm sure that's up on yours too. We, we as a team over here, we had to make sure that we got these two movies. So we gave up a lot to get it. But Team Cersei's got uh, Breakfast Club and The Goonies. And, and I wouldn't have felt... Uh, I couldn't have go to bed happy tonight if i didn't have both those movies all right well so i am actually going to be making two picks now you are two. and that was richard donner too just to put it oh, on there yeah,
0: no richard do- oh yeah we have which is
1: two? ironic um so can, if i can add to this so i i had to look on my directors. so i was like oh okay that's richard donner what else did he do oh he did a few good things in the in 80s. the 80s right so superman the movie superman 2 the toy lethal weapon and scrooge i can't take any of those but no. uh the goonies is
0: mine the goonies you know like you said mentioned Mitch- like you mentioned, directed by Richard Donner, uh, produced by Spielberg. Spielberg, along with directing tons of movies in the 80s, also produced a number of really good films. I mean, he was the producer on Poltergeist, Gremlins, The Goonies. I mean, his company, Amblin Entertainment, right. under the Universal, I mean, they just did he has a an big incredible, footprint.
1: It's crazy how much he touched in the, touched the 80s. Yep. The,
0: the Goonies is one of those movies that I saw when i was the age of the characters on screen sure so this was me too this was me and my friends going on an adventure when I saw the film like and I, I just absolutely loved it it's so and, much fun and it, it still holds up because I'm, I'm this something that I've preached and, and sort of pounded on my my uh my fists on the table numerous times Right?
1: can you rewatch it is so, still watchability still
0: watchable yeah. still using great practical effects that was a real pirate ship that they built <laughs> it and was and yeah, I mean, that's cool these days you'd CGI everything so the Goonies again sorry awesome forgot awesome it. pick great soundtrack that song by Sydney Lopper is, yeah. is killer it's awesome is killer okay well all so, right I'm done for a while I'm gonna sit yeah, back yeah, and watch so, now so I've got your your second round pick and I've got my second yeah so you so. go two
1: then I'll take my third pick so, so yeah you're good and
0: if you're wondering you know oh well you're getting to pick two but I'm only yeah this is I didn't get my yeah my I'm sure draft. we had to give
1: up a lot for that though Dana
0: so for my one my my first pick of this draft which is the second overall pick or the third overall pick. <laughs>
1: I know <laughs> you're gonna have to clear all yeah. that up because it is a little confusing. But so for the so uh, drafting my
0: second round pick. Yes, I'm gonna start things off with a bang. I'm gonna go with a movie that has been covered extensively on this podcast in the past, and that is gonna be 1987's Paul Verhoeven directed classic RoboCop. Can't do a 1980s draft without getting that movie, and I had to make sure mm. that it came off the board. Robocop is, on the surface, just a fantastic sci-fi action film. On a subtextual level, this is a movie that is really... Parod- it's a parody, if you will, of... The extreme violence that we were starting to see on screen in the 1980s, Paul Verhoeven's like, okay, you got you you Americans, you like your violence. I'm going to take this to another level, right. to the, almost to the point where it's almost parody some of the some of the violent scenes. I mean, the scene in which Murphy is killed by Clarence Boddicker and the and the gang that that scene had to be recut. I think ten times for it to get an R rating. It was so visceral and so graphic. But on top of that, you have incredibly, I hate to use the term, likable bad guys, but very watchable bad guys. There's not a bad performance in this movie. And I would like to say this. The movie, it's one of those movies where you remember every scene. And so when you watch the film, if someone was to say to me, hey, how long is Robocop? I would say, well, that's got to be at least two hours and 20 minutes long. The reality is it's about an hour and 40 minutes long. Oh, really? And the reason why my brain thinks that it's longer than that is because you remember every scene. Mm -hmm. There's not a single wasted scene in that movie. Everything from the introduction of Ed 209 in the boardroom where the guy points the gun at him and he's, you know, just Uh uh, everything. It's so stylistically done. It is arguably one of the great action movies of all time. And I regret not putting that on my action movie draft list. Well, you got it now, Dana.
1: I do. It's yours.
0: What's your thoughts on RoboCop? No,
1: I. I what year was it? You said eighty. What late eighties? Eighty-seven. Yeah. So I was old enough to go to the movie theater because that was pretty. What I'm was it rated R? or Oh no? yeah. Big okay. Time. So I think uh, where I kind of grew up they were a little lax on the rated r so i, I remember going with my buddy so i don't remember if my parents went but uh, i remember going to the movies and i was like this is awesome because it was so action-packed and you know the you know the guns and uh, just bloody whatever we, you know we as a boy growing up we just ate it up so like me and my buddies loved it we even were calling our dog robo dog after just because we you know we we're like yeah she's robo dog now so like that, that was just a cool action movie and uh I, I haven't seen it in a while, but I could probably watch it now and just absolutely. Yeah. And this, um, this of course, means I get the RoboCop
0: franchise.
1: Our, our old rules—that's always the case. Yeah. So. so,
0: so for those, if you're this is your first time listening to a draft, if you pick a movie that is actually that has sequels or is a sequel, yep. you actually inherit the entire franchise. So. Uh, my 60-second review of RoboCop 2, which I believe was 1990, directed by Irvin Kershner, who actually directed Empire Strikes Back. Uh, oh, really? RoboCop 2 was his last movie before he passed away, is just uh, just as, if not more, violent, but it's missing a lot of the charm of that first film. And I think it, where the first one was sort of a satire, if you will, of ultraviolence, I think the second one misses the mark and it's really just how violent can we be? It's not a movie that I would say you, you should skip. I think you should see it. It's definitely got some interesting scenes in it. As far as the third one, which is I think 1993 or 1994 Robocop three, uh, Oof. yeah
1: I, I didn't even know there was Well that a one's rated
0: PG-13. <laughs> oh, so imagine a RoboCop I'm out. movie I'm out. where you take you take the violence away, yeah. you back it up and then Peter Weller who plays RoboCop did not reprise the role in RoboCop 3 and of course Pass. I think 2014 2013 guys I'm sorry I'm getting the dates wrong. I don't have any notes in front of me. Um You get the Robocop remake with Joel Killerman, Joel Kinnerman playing Robocops. Got Samuel L. Jackson, Gary Oldman, again rated Mm. PG 13. Uh, Visually a great looking movie, but very, very flat compared to the first one. So, Robocop. So, I actually get another pick. You do? All right. So, I'm back on the board and I am going to pick a. Frank Oz directed movie. So let's just talk about the directors that are off your board right now. You've got to take John Hughes off your board. You've got to take Richard Donner off your board. I have to take Paul Verhoeven off of my, my board. And now I'm going to be taking Frank Oz off of my board. Now in 1989, Frank Oz directed one of, I think one Mm -hmm. of the great comedy masterpieces, which I think is kind of lost a little bit to the sands of time. It stars, One of Arguably one of the greatest actors of all time and one of the greatest comedic actors of all time Together, the movie takes place on the French Riviera It's a story of two con men who try to out-con each other Uh, Of course, I'm talking about dirty, rotten scoundrels I know I said 1989, but it was released very late December of 1988 But really got its traction in 89, so I think that's where I probably got that wrong Uh, Steve Martin and Michael Caine are just phenomenal in this film. I think it's, I think it's really, really funny, and it has arguably one of the funniest scenes in any comedy, and that's when they're uh, when Steve Martin's playing Rupert. Oh yeah, yeah, dinner, dinner, so, the oh, dinner scene. So, may I take your trident, sir? <laughs> is, he has
1: his eye patch. Has, I always remember the eye well, patch.
0: He's eating applesauce with a fork, and the lady goes, "Why does he have the cork on his fork?" And that's. <laughs>
1: He pokes his eye with it. It's,
0: it's so good, but it's got a, awesome. it's. The basic story of the movie is they they their first sort of uh g- you know going against each other then they sort of work together and then they come up with a scheme on who can con a lady out of a you know a certain amount of money and it's just I won't spoil the ending but I think it's a, just a charming well-acted really funny movie so Dirty Rotten Scoundrels is my number 2 on there. You got it. So this means that you're going to go you're going to jump to your number th-
1: Yeah, this the- will be my third, third round pick. pick yeah. Let's stick with the theme of uh, music, too. I, I've got a couple. I'm not going to do this the whole time. but um, So I re-watched a ton of movies. Some are obvious and some um, I haven't seen in a while. And when I watched this one again i said wow this is really uh they really pushed the envelope here um back in 1983 so that that's the other thing about 80s movies the early 80s movies you see a little spillover from the 70s when it comes to clothes and cars and just like the themes of the movie um just because life changed quickly in the 80s and uh you you definitely see uh that they pushed the envelope here and i'm gonna um let's see and so the other thing i'll say about this movie looked up the director to make sure I wasn't picking somebody that I was blocking later. This guy didn't do any other movies. He did a like, couple of documentaries. but th- th- I mean, this guy hit a home run here, but then he was gone, which is kind of weird. This is a famous scene from this movie. So, my... My guy's wearing uh, black Ray-Ban sunglasses and a, a dress shirt and socks and his underwear dancing around his... I was wondering when Tom Cruise, the first Tom Cruise movie, was going to hit the board. That might not have been the first Tom Cruise movie you'd think get drafted, but I rewatched this a few days ago. And to pull off a high school kid opening his house to a brothel and um, paying for the pores that he ruined and then falling in love with a hooker and all this stuff, like, they really pushed it. And you know what? It was... It was... I I could watch it again. It was a really good movie. And, of course, the movie you're talking about. Oh, yeah. I guess I should say Risky Business. Risky yeah, Business, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Um, so, yeah, I'm picking Risky Business. A um, couple other things I want to say about this movie. Can I drop the first f-bomb because that's kind of a big thing here we i've been i one of our episodes i said f too many times but we're gonna just throw it out there for this one because like the whole theme of this movie his his buddy uh which i want to get the actor's name right because he was in a ton of 80s movies curtis armstrong's the actor he's in a ton of 80s movies but uh everyone knows him as booger from revenge of the nerds but he tells him uh he goes dude sometimes you just gotta say what the fuck (laughs) and he's like he's like okay and then that's when he got the idea with the brothel and just like that was his theme to the movie and then um at the end he was trying to get into Princeton and he actually had an on-site interview with Princeton and the guy came when the brothel was open and and that's when the the guy said uh, at the end you hear him go Princeton could use a guy like Joel because he had like such uh, entrepreneur spirit I guess I don't know but it was a cool ass movie I have not seen Risky Business in probably
0: 20 years, but I do remember Curtis Armstrong. What was that famous line he says when they're in the back, when they're being chased? He's, I like, got, a, I've got a trig test tomorrow or something. I'm being chased by Guido the killer pimp or something. <laughs> I'm, I'm obviously I am, I'm butchering that because I haven't seen it in 20 years. But what I do remember is that. This movie had Rebecca De Mornay in yes. it, and I was, was just hot. in love with Rebecca De Mornay. She was in, in the late '80s and early '90s. So I haven't seen that in a long time. I, if I do remember correctly, doesn't the movie open up with like from Tom Cruise's point of view, where the camera is Tom Cruise and he's like taking his parents to the airport? A or little something? bit, a yeah, 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 a I, little I, bit. I remember yes. that
1: because they're talking to him. Yeah. Into in, to the camera Yeah But yeah So, so a, they, yeah that's kind of cool Tom And they Cruise do that BLB. like twice In the yeah, movie Yeah no I
0: really like that So I, th- that one's gonna go On to my list of
1: films I need to revisit Bronson Pinchot's in it So yeah. Balky made this thing Balky made the list He was a good friend In the movie And then uh, Joe uh, Pantalonia. I'm totally ruined That guy's name Panto-liana. Yeah, We just call him Joey Pants Joey Pants Joey Pants Yeah and uh, I, I just think the movie pushed the envelope it's got some iconic scenes so it really pulls you know and then the scene at the end with the glass egg where he's diving slow motion there's a lot of cool shit in this movie oh my god
0: you're just yeah. invoking memories like doesn't he have to like buy back all of his
1: yes yes yeah, so so the Joey Pants is the pimp in the movie and um, when when Joel leaves the house at the end and he's paying off and getting a Porsche back they clean out the house with all the furniture so all the money he makes from You know fixing the car all the leftover money He had to buy back all his furniture because they literally cleaned out all the house while his parents were on this long vacation so he had to buy back everything out of a box truck and uh, Put it back in the house And then the final kind of thing was when they threw his mom's glass egg in the air And there's a slow-motion scene where Tom Cruise is running over the couch Catching it like a football—it's kind of iconic. I remember, and gosh, we're spoiling the heck out of this movie, and I apologize. <laughs> but is it
0: doesn't? And again, I haven't seen this twenty years, but I'm just invoking memories. When the parents come home, she looks at the egg and she's like, "Is there a crack in here yes. or something?"
1: Okay, yeah, and yeah. and like she's so upset at him for the crack, like she has no clue what the hell else went on. And the Porsche—they never even knew anything happened with Porsche because the Porsche went in like Lake Michigan. Yeah, okay. so like. It was all just the cracks. She was so disappointed in you Joel uh, Yeah, if you watch that again, you, you you will not be disappointed. I'm gonna definitely watch great that. flick
0: All right, so my I'm gonna go this one is very tough for me because I'm going to be taking the director John Landis off the board All right now John Landis has had a few movies in the 80s that I really like and uh, you know Just for for example, he did American Werewolf in London, which I think is a phenomenal movie He did coming to America which the sequel just came Taught out. Right this, now. Yeah, I, I, I right now. I actually saw it. Oh, you did. I watched I, 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 the beginning I, last night. I, I, I saw it. We'll save my saw. It. Save save my thoughts for it. another time. Uh there was a couple laugh out loud moments in that film. Got it. But I'm going to zero in on hang on just a second here. I'm going to zero in on 1983's Trading Places oh, yeah. with Eddie Murphy. I watched that this morning. I was going through Eddie Murphy movies. Thank God. We can pick more than one yes, actor's movies, sure. Uh, but uh, but watching Trading Places this morning, I am just in awe of how fantastic Eddie Murphy was in that movie. When he's playing the the homeless vet mm-hmm. who's wheeling himself down, pretending he doesn't have any legs, <laughs> and he runs into the two cops, and they, he talks about being in Vietnam, and just
1: it's his wheelhouse, man. He just uh, bl- he, he the, just kills that scene.
0: It made me realize what I love about like 1980s, 1980s Eddie Murphy movies yeah. is it's clear that the directors that he worked with would say, just riff. go, Just right. do just your thing. thing. We're, we're going to roll the cameras. He's that good. He's, he's just that, he's that, that good. good. And I think that's what's missing from later Eddie Murphy movies, is particularly when I rewatched Beverly Hills Cop 3. Yeah. you know he's not. You can tell he's not riffing. He's just sticking to a script that was written. But his improv, if you will... In Trading places when he's in the when he's in jail and he's talking about being the kung-fu master Mm -hmm. and he's talking about his limousine outside and it's just I'm watching that with my coffee at 7 o'clock this morning Mm -hmm. and I I'm doing spit takes with my coffee and I've seen the movie 30 times I think it's awesome great care performances by Dan Aykroyd Jamie Lee Curtis the uh, the Duke brothers I mean, and they
1: referenced that in Coming to America, too. They do I, reference I saw that, that in Coming to America. That was kind of cool. They put that in there. And I will say
0: that, uh, not to spoil the movie, but at the end, when they go to the commodity, commodities exchange mm-hmm. and where they basically uh, get rich and make the Duke brothers broke, it took a lot of research for me to finally understand. What exactly they were doing at the oh. commodities exchange? Right. I finally figured it out after a lot of research. So, uh, if anybody's interested, on the next Q and A episode that I'll do, that I'll do, I'll be happy to break down the ending of Trading Places. Cool. Bill, what are your thoughts on Trading Places? Uh,
1: I need to watch it again. One, two, super funny, li- like like literally classic movie. They, the problem is, there's just so many funny movies that the, it, it's just hard to see all these. And I just remember being so funny, and Eddie being st- like amazing and so hilarious. I I just need to see it again but so funny I mean I don't know what else to say Eddie Murphy is just a comedic genius and this is just him at his best um like you said riffing and just he's he's amazing so funny dude absolutely so funny all right so you're number four wow all right here we go so we're just moving along here now John Hughes is off my list as a director as a director yes but me as the, uh, the, the fake A-lister, really a D-lister when it comes to movies, I had to do some homework here. He was a good writer as well. He was an exceptionally <laughs> uh-huh. good writer. Yeah. And the director of this movie, I obviously did not know who they were, Stan Dragati. I don't know if that's giving it away, but I'm going to... So, what? Dana Dana's like shaking his head here.
0: Hold on a second. Before you say anything, Rocky One was directed by John G. Avelson. Mm-hmm. Two, three, four were, were directed by Stallone. Five by John G. Avildsen.
1: Mm-hmm. Rocky Balboa by Stallone. Uh huh. So. You're, I, Dana's hair is slightly on fire right now. I wish you guys could see Dana. You know, the, the little smoke over his head just like moving around here. So can I play one more song this season? Yes, see? play right. one more song. But that song in this movie. I, that's the song I think of because he's uh, he's on the rebound. There, he's kind of like getting uh, back because he he was down and now he's out and he's coming out of the the bottom. Here, here's the I know. other. Now, before you play that song, I'm wondering
0: if <laughs> listeners. Uh, right now, know what you're talking about because right now I am I am you threw me for yes threw this is a,
1: 1983 by you the way threw such a curveball at uh-huh. me I'm trying I'm with trying
0: a, with the Rocky
1: theme and box and box office um, this did 64 million so no slouch but not like a home run here but uh, oh no
0: no 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 let me see yeah. uh, 64 million that's I mean yeah. For 1980s, early 1980s, that's that's mm-hmm. more than a hundred million today. So those, that's a good, that's a good return. Now, okay. It's not, it's, yeah. not, it's not
1: Jaws,
0: or, right? No. Or ET or something. But when like I that.
1: tell you this movie, you're gonna be like, that was sixty four million. And then if you don't get it with this song, then I'll give it away. <laughs> this is from like a soap opera theme. You still don't have it, do you? I, I love t- it. Is that the theme from uh, the Young and the Rest? Relo- probably, uh, probably, uh, yeah. So, um, tell me who. No, one of my favorite quotes from the okay, movie. Okay, go, go, go. So he, the guy shows up at the door and uh, he, opens the door, he opens the door and he goes, "You want a beer?" And the guy goes, "It's seven o'clock in the a.m." He goes, "Scotch?" You've got me. What yes. is? What is? You know what? I'm stumped. So, schooner tuna is the tuna with the heart. And uh, oh, hold on, hold on. Now you're now okay. Schooner tuna. How about? the woobie he's like pretty soon a woobie isn't enough you're gonna be on the streets trying to score an electric blanket or maybe a quilt next you'll be strung out on bedspreads we're gonna have to take that woobie away from you is that mr mom
0: yeah Uh, nice mr mom yes yes okay so i I, oh my god that's that's michael
1: keaton michael keaton and terry gar terry gar is a mark a female marketing executive that goes to work and, and dad stays at home with the kids cuz
0: he lost his job at the auto at the auto plant
1: mm-hmm. no oh, the, the auto plant is gung ho but good try well what did no, what did he he worked for he he some type he, of manufacturing? Something similar, thing. something like that. Yeah. And, and and he He loses his job right at the beginning.
0: Speaking of Rocky, he he's trying to he's trying to get in with the guys and he's like, Hey, I, well, no, my he, wife and I just saw the latest Rocky movie. Like, which one? Rocky two, Rocky three? In the movie? In the movie, yeah. Well he's
1: well he's down and out for a while. He kinda goes up and down because he's stuck at home, he's feeling bad for himself, wife's busy at work. And uh he grows a beard, he's got a flannel on, he's being lazy, doesn't he's getting he fat. Play,
0: doesn't he okay, I have again, l- listeners, I haven't seen Mr. Mom probably in thirty years. Doesn't he play poker with the other like housewives yes. for
1: coupons or Absolutely. something? Like Absolutely, yes. yes. They're, that, they're yeah. trading coupons they're tra- yeah. and playing poker. <laughs> and then uh her boss, Terry Gar Terry Gar's boss, I think's Martin Mullen he uh, he references his name throughout the movie wrong the whole time. Like, that's kind of funny. And then the other thing I always think is funny is, well, well what did that take? He's like, 45, 45, 46, whatever it takes. Like, there's always this kind of funny, you know, r- random quotes in there. But I, I love Mr. Mom, the fact that he's staying at home. I reference Mr. Mom all the time. I'll be like, yeah, Mr. Mom today. So, like, I always think of this movie just because he's at home with the kids. And I, I, you know, I'm at home with my boy a lot sometimes just because of covid and schedule so i felt like mr mom lately but i love this movie that so much. they have a vacuum cleaner that's like out oh, of yeah. control it's like i think they call it jaws I think they call it jaws. yeah because yeah. it eats everything i need
0: to watch that movie oh, again Mr. Mom's awesome. okay good pick good love pick. mr mom all right so on to my fourth which is really my fifth pick <laughs> <laughs> is that right no I'll
1: <laughs> you've go. had two two rounds a third and now this is your fourth Right. Yeah. So I I've got RoboCop, Dirty Round Scoundrels, and Trading Places. That's all I've taken so far. That's all I got. All right. From so me. okay. So
0: Ooh, let's see. RoboCop is off the board. Er. I know. I just picked Coming to America as as one of my. No. I know. I'm. Excuse no. me. I know. I just picked Trading Places. Yes. I'm so Eddie, I'm, I'm, Eddie, I'm so. Eddie. I so want to go ahead and grab another Eddie Murphy movie. Is, off is the Delirious
1: floor. in the 80s? Can that count? I, that's a movie, but I didn't even look. How Del- good How good is Delirious, delirious by the way? Delirious is is good raw. But, you like raw better? Well, neither one of them has really aged well. Uh, oh, I disagree. Uh, so, oh, I can find you a hundred people that oh, disagree with it. Oh you, no, no, they're, they're, that I know
0: a hundred people. They're 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 still quite funny. But even Eddie has since apologized for some of his material in those <laughs> <laughs> because I watch I watch Delirious and I'm just like ooh. Well, it's not real though. He's no, just it's making stand, I mean, it's stand up yeah, comedy. Yeah. But even I'm like ooh.
1: Oh yeah, I and, know. No, I know. Yeah.
0: Let's see. I'm gonna go. Ooh, I'm gonna go heavy. Uh-oh. I'm gonna go real heavy on this one. this is a very serious film. Heavy like gravity Heavy like <laughs> I'm gonna go with a with a war movie Ooh. and this one is from 1987
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it's there's nothing funny about it. there's nothing cheeky about it. It is raw and it is real. and it is really two separate movies. The first hour of this film is some of the most intense on-screen performances you'll ever see. The second hour of the film is a few of our characters in a different setting. Of course, I'm talking about Full Metal Jacket, from, yeah. from directed by Stanley Kubrick. It is... How do you describe Full Metal Jacket? The first time you see that film, you are, I, think, I think you're just kind of blown away. It's, for those who have never seen Full Metal Jacket, it, it takes place during the Vietnam War... And we follow uh, recruits at Paris Island Marine Corps basic training and their experiences going going through the entire basic training with their drill sergeant played by Arlie Ermey. And drill sergeant, gunnery sergeant Hartman is his name. It's got Matthew Modine as the most recognizable. And Vincent D'Onofrio, the two re- most recognizable characters or actors in the movie. It's just a gut punch of a film. Mm-hmm. And I know there's a lot of people that say that you know, the second half of the movie is not as good. I'll disagree. I think it's also very, very good. It is just an incredible film. It's incredibly powerful. And I've seen it multiple times. And I'm still, it just grabs your attention. And you just, the pace of that first hour is just so quick and so right. quick. And you, there's that there's that moment when I'm watching the film where uh, I think a lesser movie would have had the drill sergeant. Kind of befriend the people befriend befriend the the soldiers by the end of basic training like you guys have made it Kind of like if you look at and I'm not calling an officer and a gentleman a lesser movie But by the end of the movie Louis Gossett jr. Is buddy buddy with Richard Gere, and I think a lesser, you know Director probably would have had gunnery sergeant gunnery sergeant Hartman uh, Having beers with the guys after they graduate, but he is tough as nails from Mm -hmm. the beginning to the end, which I yeah. won't spoil. Sure. Um, so I just think it's, a, it's just an incredibly powerful film, and I, it's one I wanted to have on my list. I know, I know I've got some comedies on here, but I wanted to wanted to get this one off the board. Well, um,
1: yeah, you, you definitely flip from comedy to serious. There. Yeah. Um, I think when I was younger, war movies were just not like a thing that I would go see. But this was so big at the time. Everyone, if you're you know in your 40s, you knew when this came out, and it was like a big deal. And I think it was probably a little pushing the envelope a little for me to go for whatever reason. I think my dad probably just didn't let me go or I didn't go. I'll have to watch that one. I'm going to start that.
0: All right. So now you're on to you. Oh, that means Stanley Kubrick is off my board.
1: Yeah, you can't take him. No, I'm so, going to jump on him. No, I think that's good. the
0: only movie he made in the 80s, so I feel good about that.
1: <laughs> He's safe. <laughs> He's safe. You're safe. Okay, um, besides, um, after I make this pick, I'm going to grab some more coffee because I need to kind of yeah. get back on the rise here. I feel like I'm slowed down a little. I apologize if I'm boring anybody here. I've got to get fired back up. Um, and let's, let's pick a movie that's going to fire me back up. Forget. It. I'm going to pass a couple picks here. I need to get, you know, Jack back up. And, uh, and just as I'm tabulating
0: yeah. here, this is your fifth pick? Fifth
1: pick, baby. Okay. Let's go! I need to. I need to wake up. Ah, son of a yeah. Let's go, baby! Everyone knows what this is from. Oh, dude, I get chills when I hear this one. Huh? You're, yeah. He's shaking his head yeah. right now. Yeah. How good is this? And are we gonna get Tough Gun to Maverick or July second? T- oh my god, right I can't now. wait. Who, who doesn't want to go back to that scene? All right, so Top Gun. I'm taking a Tony Scott, 1986, um, 15 million dollar budget, 356 million dollar box. Maybe a bit, one of the best soundtracks of all time. If you ask certain people, I don't know what else to say except uh, cool ass movie and, and had a movement for a long time. I, what uh, do you think, Dana? I listen. Come on, I love Top Gun. I'll tell you the interesting
0: st- something. Some int- people's favorite movie of oh, all absolutely. time. Oh, absolutely, and I'm I am beyond excited for the Top Gun sequel. I was talking to a an please, actual please tell me it's gonna be unbelievable. Well I was talking with an actual naval aviator a few weeks ago. Okay. And he's stationed at a, a base here in Florida and he flies F eighteens. And I was asking him about you know the Top Gun Maverick sequel and he said, well, you know, we got an opportunity to see about fifteen minutes of the movie and i said well what did you think he goes it's it's incredible oh, and he said come on because the, come ori- on, baby. the original top gun had the full cooperation of the united states navy i remember that they awesome. subsidized the, uh, the the filmmakers basically they subsidized they they told jerry bruckheimer and don simpson who were the producers of top gun if you got all you guys got to do is pay for the fuel and yeah. you, and we'll, we'll put the planes in the movie really now that can't, and that's the same deal that's going on with this new Top Gun movie. Is there the same thing? Navy has full participation because okay. lest we forget Top Gun was one hell of a recruiting tool for the United States. Oh, Navy I after guarantee that- you that.
1: Who didn't want to get aviator glasses, go to the yeah. Naval Academy. I mean, but, come on.
0: But there was a couple, you know, there was a couple things that the Navy said, well, if you want this deal, mm-hmm. there's some changes you need to make to the script because a couple couple things. Like what? Okay, so for example, the in the original script for Top Gun, the the enemy was actually Cubans. It was actually C- the Cuban oh, okay. Air Force. Okay, that was gone. Scrap that. The second thing they had to change was that in the original script, Maverick, uh, you know, the the, the Kelly McGuinness character is actually in an enlisted naval. Uh, she's enlisted in the Navy. And they oh. said, no, that's got to go, because there's officers can't be, because she was an enlisted. Oh, you know, is that why th- she was so like now a contractor? Now she's a civilian contractor. Oh, no
1: way. Nice. Okay, and another cool.
0: thing that, that had to happen was in the original script, the, the incident where Goose, I mean, who hasn't seen Top Gun? Yeah, the yeah, incident yeah. where Goose dies in the original script actually was two jets colliding, and they all, they oh. all, they all eject. And well, the Navy just said, well, no, our pilots just, you know, they're That's too That's not th- going to happen. We're not good. doing that. Yeah. So so we need to come up with a way that would have been something that would have been out of their control, sure boy. which was the jet wash, yeah. jet wash thing. So a lot of things had to be changed. But the fact of the matter is, if you were a taxpayer in 1985 and 1986, you helped fund <laughs> Top Gun, so you own a piece of that movie. It's because, it, because it was a taxpayer-funded movie because the Navy... You subsidize a very uh, a ton of that film, but well, I mean, look look what it did. I mean, awesome. Navy recruiting went up four hundred percent after cool. that film I'm came sure out. So I think it's an amazing movie. I find myself popping it in every
1: every. Well, year. if you walked by it and it was on, it'd be hard to stop. Yeah, to not at least watch some of it. Absolutely, that's I mean, the, the best.
0: Even though I'm not sure that Tom Cruise meets the height requirement. For a naval I'm aviator... Sure
1: fit in a seat pretty well, though. Yeah, absolutely. I mean.
0: Fun little thing I've learned about this Maverick sequel is Tom Cruise is a very accomplished pilot. He's an accomplished helicopter pilot, and he's got his private pilot license. He wanted to fly one of those F-18s. Oof, I bet. And the Navy was just like... They said no. Nope. Really? Nope. Yeah. Uh, they They'll rig up the... There's a lot of riggings they have in those things, the two-seat ones, where they make it look like Tom is the only person in the plane. Okay. So, but he's... He's really in he's in, in, it. He's he's in, in those it. planes. Like yeah. don't make no mistake about it. Like those scenes in the trailer the
1: dogfight scenes are ridiculous yeah, in the first when he, one. It's when crazy. he's
0: In the trailer for the new one when he's taking off that aircraft carrier and you see him just kind of yeah. like get bumped a little bit when they go that's really him cool. taking off for an aircraft carrier. So I'm really excited yeah, about it. Yeah, Cruz
1: gets into the his roles. I mean he's yeah. in it. Like he's not doing it just to do it. He's yeah. in he's, he's a, in the damn thing. He's in and he's he, in.
0: he wanted to fly the plane and they just said oh. nope. Nope, so well,
1: that's my second Tom Cruise movie,
0: by the way. It is, but that means Tony Scott's off the board for you. He gone. That means you can't take Beverly Hills Cop Two, no matter how bad you I want. Can't. You can't, I can't take Days of Thunder either.
1: Well, I can't. Well, do that. that's
0: ninety, or is that eighty-nine? No, you know? I think that's probably nineties. Yeah. So, all right. So I'm on to my fifth pick. You are. All right. So this one right here. This was the challenge. This was one of many challenging picks for me because this particular director. And again, we stress one director. Period. That's it. So this particular director made three movies in the 1980s that I'm a big fan of all three. Now, one of those films was selected in the comedy movie draft. The other one was and the other two were not. I'm really challenged. This one was really challenging for me. But I have to go back to 1989 when I was 11 years old. And this was at the time the most anticipated movie of my life. I couldn't wait to see this film. And funny story about this movie is, uh, and I've told this a long time ago on the podcast, my parents were having a date night and they took my brother and I to the downtown part of the city, dropped us off at the movie theater, gave us money to go see this movie. We went to, we tried to buy tickets, but it was PG 13 and we were 11 and 12 When we were honest with the ticket lady, you know, and she said, I'm sorry, you guys can't see this movie. So we had to buy tickets to see Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and Instead. And I want to tell you something. When you want to see 1989's Batman with Whoa. Michael Keaton and Jack nice. Nicholson, and you have to go see Honey, I Shrunk the Kids instead. I don't even remember seeing Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, even though I saw it. So Batman 1989 just a massive movie for me and a fun little caveat to that story is after my parents finished dinner and came to get us at the theater They said how is Batman? We told them the story and they actually turned right around and took us to the 9 o'clock showing of you of Batman great, You have great parents great parents. Awesome. I'll never forget that this movie was uh, comic book films by that point had kind of gone south you had Superman came out in '78, massive hit. Superman '80, I like and 80, Superman. I like massive that hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, then '80, uh, then you get the Superman three, Superman four. They just fall off a cliff, and nobody's right. touching comic book films. Batman, up until that point, was known for the campy, you know, Adam West movie, you know, yeah, uh, TV yeah, nothing shows, like no, nothing this. like this. Nothing like this. This was a dark. Well, they picked the right director. film, the right director. And of course, the director is Tim Burton. Yep. The other two movies I was referencing was Pee Wee's Big Adventure and Beetlejuice. Mm. But Tim Burton is off the board. Batman eighty nine.
1: Yeah, um, I I, uh, I have it written down. So that that's the first one. And I like all your picks, but that's that's one that I put on here that uh, potentially I could have picked. So um, same thing. Uh, well, what, how do you go wrong with uh, the two actors? First of all, I mean, come on, right?
0: You know, Jack Nicholson. He took a. Uh, he took kind of, I don't want to say in a
1: reduced salary, but... But to get that guy in this role as yeah. the second actor, well, um, but he takes the scene too. I mean, it's they're equally... People were outraged
0: <laughs> at the casting of Michael Keaton as Batman, because like we just talked about, ba- yeah. Michael Keaton was really known for comedic performances sure. in the 1980s. Jack Nicholson, he took a, a back-end deal, which... When the dust settled, he made sixty million dollars off his role wow. for the Joker in nineteen eighty nine, and he's incredible. And I think the movie still holds up. I think it's it totally does.
1: A, I I rewatched part of it just for uh, prepping for this. Totally holds up. It, it's it, you know it, it's on its own because there's so many comic book movies now. On its own, it does what it's supposed to do. And Michael Keaton is has, he's an awesome Batman. He's you know, Kim Basinger is in it. I mean, it's it a great has a dude.
0: fantastic. Score by Danny Elfman. The mm-hmm. music in that movie is sure. incredible, and of course, Prince did the songs. I know. Come on, right. Bat Dance, Party Man. These Very are cool. you know, Trust. Yeah. These are all incredible songs. So that was my number yeah, five. Great pick. Great pick. Number six for you.
1: All right. So moving on here, this it's getting a little difficult just because there's certain movies that I want to surprise Dana with, and some that I just have to get on my list. I know I can save a couple here, so I'm going to go 1988. Um, director Penny Marshall. Okay. So I, I guess I'm a, uh, I am sentimental, you know, you know, I run my mouth a lot. People think I'm just this goofy um, old jock that's overweight and just broken down. But I do have the sentimental side of me. So a lot of movies, um, I do get sappy. This movie, dude, if I let myself go, I probably would like cry like crazy at the end. And usually when I'm crying, it's because I'm happy for whoever in the movie or whatever's happening. So I'm just such a sap. Here, here's a. You might have to uh, edit it. Oh, there we go. <laughs> I love this movie so much. This uh,
0: that particular chords are from when Tom Hanks and Robert Loggia are playing. Yep. So, yeah. That's yep, it. So you're talking about, of course, you're talking about 1988. Penny Marshall's directed. Big. Big. Tom Hanks, who was. Oscar nominated for that. For a role. comedy.
1: Yeah, right. Like, yeah. it's not, I mean, it's more than a comedy, but initially it was known as a comedy, but there's a lot of serious parts of this movie, too. What
0: really works about that movie is the fact
1: that Tom Hanks'
0: character, you know, at no point does anybody say, this is impossible. This could never happen. Sure. He just, him and his friend are just like, well, I'm big now. And this is like, you know, and they just yeah. go with it. And uh, it really was. Tom uh, Tom Hanks dipping his toe. Into some dramatic, sure. Because he had done a lot of kind of goofy. It was movies. all goofy comedies yeah, goofy at that stuff. point. I mean, Splash was a Splash was a little bit, little bit you know, more really. more grounded. But you look at a movie like Bachelor Party or something like sure. that. You know, uh, the Man with One Red Shoe. Right, exactly. You know, so. And then
1: this this really tied in some serious like acting skills. Yeah, that and he, he had. it's it's I think and you it's, see it. It's oh, a
0: phenomenal it. movie. Great pick, man.
1: Thank you. Great pick. Uh, the Old Voltar. The old yeah yeah that that has a thing on its own now just because of that. The
0: best one of the I say the best part one of the one scene that sticks out in my mind is when he uh he gets his he gets his paycheck and he's like i don't know the amount but he, he screams 162 dollars," and then john lovitz is like yeah they're really sticking it to us it. <laughs> he thinks it's bank. like a million yeah. and the other guy's like this. they go to the bank and they go to cash uh-huh. and they how they want 100 ones ones five and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were so excited i mean they were kids he was a kid so all right so uh, this is going on to my sixth pick right now yeah uh your fifth well it's your sixth pick but fifth round pick fifth round pick okay so um i don't know if i want to go go back to being heavy again but i am i'm going to go with 1986 i'm going to be taking the director rob reiner off of the board
1: serious rob reiner serious rob reiner
0: yeah serious rob reiner who had a run he had this movie the following year, he had the Princess Bride. When Harry met Sally, Sally Misery, A Few Good Men. This guy was on a run, but That's it started. Right. It started with this one, and again, goes back to the idea that I could really identify with these characters. This could have been me and my buddies, you know, on the last weekend before school starts. Of course, I'm talking about Stand uh, by Me. Yeah, yeah, I know. Which it. is just again awesome mm-hmm. movie. Corey Feldman, River Phoenix, Will Wheaton, Jerry O'Connell, Kiefer Sutherland. I mean, and Kiefer Sublin was so scary in that movie.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. There, there yeah. was some scary parts to this movie. Yeah, and yeah. It,
0: it, that movie has got some really genuine good laughs, but make no mistake about it, it's a serious film yeah. with amazing performances, and River Phoenix is you know i, I god
1: rest I, his soul yeah
0: gone too soon yeah gone I too know. soon Same. so stand by me i'm sure you've seen it I'm sure
1: oh, yeah it. I, obviously i always think of the blueberry pie eating contest yeah, right yeah um but I, I love when groups of people or kids whatever have the journey kind of like goonies where they kind of go and work together i just love that but uh, this movie is funny serious and just uh, it that see an example of something that came out in a 80s but it's about a long time ago it takes
0: place in the 50s yeah
1: exactly which will tie me into my next pick but I I just think it's an awesome movie and it's probably I I bet it's some people's number one movie of all yeah, time yeah absolutely sure, and there's you
0: know, a couple couple things I love I love the character of Vern played by Jerry O'Connell <laughs> he, he's looking for his jar of pennies yeah. and you see him underneath and he's got like <laughs> 40 holes dug and he still can and the scene where they're arguing about who's got money and, and and Vern says I brought the comb and Corey Feldman goes you brought the comb you don't have any hair <laughs> you
1: know, Just, it's, it's, it's yeah, great yeah the, we got the Coreys. so I, I got one of the Corys, uh in Goonies uh, and now uh, no that's Feldman both we got oh. uh, Feldman and both so yeah no Corey Ham yet. No Corey Haim yet. So, no Corey uh, Haim yet which is but another there's a possibility. 80- yeah, there's a, there's definitely a chance if you got a you know a license, you might be able to get him. But uh, all right, what do you got for your next one? Uh, just keep moving on here,
0: um, and, and we're, we're 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 trying to speed things up because uh, Bill unfortunately has a hard out here in about thirty minutes, so, so
1: we're we're going as fast as we can here. Um, so here's a movie that uh, is a sleeper. Um, okay. dark movie. Um, I bet it's some. I'll, when I say it, some people are like, oh my gosh. I forgot about that movie. I want to watch it again. I remember when it came out. Probably saw it only one time. I re-watched it. Um, it is not an action movie. <laughs> it is not a comedy, but a cool movie. I would say it's super well done. 1983. It's about a band. I um, and and, uh, you know where you're going. I'm going to just play you, this. You tease this pic just, with me later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 So what a cool-ass song. <laughs> So some people might not recognize this song. I don't know. I, you, you know what this is. I so, do know what this is. Um, director's Martin Davidson. I don't know too much about him, but uh, I'll, tell, I'll give him this. He, he made a great movie in 1983. A little spooky at the end. Uh, cool, cool movie. Um, but uh, when I was doing my homework, I ran across and I said, I'm getting Eddie and the Cruisers on my list. All right. I, it's 2021.
0: It's been 31 years since I've seen Eddie and the Cruisers. There you go, that's and, what I was saying. And I, I really, this is one of those rare instances where I really can't speak to the film. Sure. Uh, I have to watch it again. I know it's got an amazing soundtrack. I also know that they made a sequel, which was not very good.
1: Well, yeah, the, and they were probably forced to because the end leaves. Yeah. The yeah. end, uh, If you when you see the end, it leaves, you know, wanting more. Um, but it, it didn't need it. Um, and uh, I think, what, Tom Berenger, my guy from... Uh, from uh, major league yep he, he he's kind of the the hidden piece to the band that ties the whole movie together so it's just one of those things where they're uh this band was famous at the time they're not a real band um, but in the movie they're famous and uh, they make a great soundtrack and you just you, 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 like movies like uh just recently rocket man and queen uh yep. you see the behind scenes of what a band had to go through and this was done you know way ahead of those those movies and uh it's just done real well it's not exciting at all but uh a real good watch and if yeah. you like music you're gonna you're, great music yeah great music uh what 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 pick am i on next i guess you're seven or you're six so you're seventh pick but uh, one two three four five six okay i'm
0: gonna go with my one of my friends movies and uh, the thing about it is i was a big fan of this movie before i ever met phil juano And just through the course of doing the podcast, Phil and I became friends and we, we chat almost on a daily basis. We're always texting each other, uh, different movie related articles and things like that. And, And it's awesome to talk with him. He's, he's by far one of the coolest people I've ever had an opportunity to meet. Uh, of course, I'm talking besides about his, me. Besides, besides me, besides you. Of course, uh, this, of course, being his feature film directorial debut, 1987's Three O'clock High," cool. which is I don't know how to describe it, but it's such a stylistic film. Like the 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 opening scene when you know we're at they're at the high school, and he does this one long single take tracking shot where it just keeps going to different people talking. The characters are phenomenal. The story is awesome. And you think that it's not going to end the way it does. You don't think that they're actually going to fight at the end. And boy, do they. They do that. <laughs> I, I just
1: have to pick three o'clock. I, re, I rewatch it probably about once a year. Cool. So. Um, I, I, the only thing I'm going to say is that I would never stand in the way of picking that movie. And uh, full respect, Um Because I could easily have picked this movie. Uh, I've seen it, you know, a handful of times, and it's just one of those classic school movies. But uh, I would never get in the way of Dana and uh, a friend. So um, good pick, Dana.
0: Yeah, I got to go with that. And the thing about Three O'Clock High, little under the radar for some people didn't hit like some of the John Hughes films because it was released in you know in the midst of all the John Hughes high school movies but I think it's just a a great movie with great characters and I just have a blast watching it we're on to your next one
1: now we're when we get to the end of these things now you're like counting how many you have left because you know I probably have five or six that I, I would like and I really only have three picks left and I'm up against the clock. Um, I'm trying, I try. I really tried to pick some classic 80s movies. And then I tried to pick some movies that just were my favorites. I'm going to have to go with like a movie that is pretty, pretty damn classic to the 80s. Um, a friend of mine, uh, like my next door neighbor growing up in the 80s was a little older than me. And this movie fit him a little bit more because it was a little racy um, for, you know, somebody that's uh, eight, nine or ten. Um, Growing up in the '80s, I'm going to try to pick. uh, Let's see if he. Let's see. All right, so there's two songs. I'll see. I'll give you the one that you probably won't pick the movie yet, but uh, here's the first one. Yeah, too easy. Got it. Yeah, too easy. And then uh, here's the famous scene. This one's. This is. Yep. Got it. How cool is this scene? Listen, maybe my my girlfriend actually
0: had never seen this film.
1: Yeah, see that, and we watched it like three weeks ago. Does she know what vans shoes are? Oh yeah, yeah. But they, does she know uh, that they started from this movie? Absolutely. So of course you're talking about Fast Times, at 1982's Fast Times. At what a Rich teen Mahe. movie,
0: right? The it's the teen movie.
1: I would say right, and in 82, like I said earlier, there's a spillover from the 70s. This was really early 80s, and I was still a little too young. I knew what it was because my neighbor he was a little older than me. Um, and I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, I well, shouldn't be watching. this. One right
0: of the now. things she said to me was she was actually surprised at how heavy the movie gets in some scenes. It deals with some pretty, pretty yeah, serious. Back in the day, that,
1: though, they, I don't think people give, you know, gave a shit no, as much as they do now. It, it, was, it this was really pushed it.
0: it. It really did push it. And that was directed by Amy Heckerling. Yes. Um, Very good, so, Dana. So she, uh, of course. She's done. A, she actually directed Clueless in 1995. I saw that. I saw that. That's um, cool. Uh, our, our JT's movie, uh, Look Who's Talking, 89. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Massive hit. I love that movie. Massive hit. That's a great one. That's, I like the movie. Thank uh, you. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I actually did an episode on it. You should definitely check it out. Oh, you did? All right. Out. Absolutely. Um,
1: $5 million budget. Made $27 million And yep. a lot of people like didn't. Because uh, it pushed the envelope. So it's not like everyone went. Because it was like, oh, that's racy. Or yeah. they're... they're
0: And it was based on. It was written by Cameron Crowe, based on a book he wrote. He actually went undercover in a high school for six months. That's awesome. And All the characters in the Surfer Stoner are are based on. He
1: orders a pizza in class. Mr.
0: Hand, dude, who got the double sausage and cheese right here (laughs) in class? He goes, well, I was thinking about this, Mr. Han. You know, is it, is it, is it your time and our time? Spicoli. My
1: time? Yeah. Oh, God. It was the best. It's great, a, great movie. Very pick. classic, classic movie. I had, I had to put it on there.
0: So I'm on to my next pick. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about whether or not I'm going to go John Hughes right now. I'm thinking about it. You
1: can. I mean, I'm yeah. not taking him, so you're safe. It's tough.
0: It's yeah. tough, but I'm going to skip that for right now, and I'm going to go with a movie that was directed by Hal Needham. Mm-hmm. Now, Hal Needham uh, directed uh, Smokey and the Bandit in 1977. He was Burt Reynolds' stunt man. Uh, it was Burt. It was. It was. It, I mean, he was a stunt man. He was best friends with Burt Reynolds. They shared a house together in Hollywood. A lot of people will say that uh, if you watch Once Upon a Time a Hollywood, yeah, that, movie. that that uh, Caprio and Br- Brad Pitt, their their That's relationship them. was loosely based on Burt Reynolds That's and cool. Hal Needham. Hal Needham uh, had some success with Cannonball Run. He did Stroker Ace, but for my money, nothing's going to top 1986's Rad. Nice! Which wow! Was, which was the movie for me when that film came out. My buddies and I—we all had BMX bikes. BMX, that's we, what I was going to say. BMX we, bikes. We were, we were. We had. We had little uh, tracks that we would build out. Uh, you know, cool. out, outside the neighborhood. Uh, I love it. It's. It's a horrible movie in the sense of <laughs> it's terrible acting, mm-hmm. terrible plot. Who the hell's in it? Uh, Lori Loughlin is going to be the only recognizable name in it. It has the best '80s power soundtrack you've ever that's heard. Cool and it was for the actual races that happened they used real bmx riders at the time and so the stunt work is actually pretty good the actual bmx race at the end is actually pretty fun to watch but i don't want to say it's a horrible movie but it's 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 cheesy as all yeah be. I'm,
1: uh, I'm gonna pass but uh i i know what the cover of the damn yeah. movie i know what it looks like to cover but i'm not watching that one i think you'll love it all right sure all right we're gonna just keep moving on here just because i am up against it here and oh it's so hard here at the end I, I i hate i hate this part this is the only part of the drafts that i hate is you're like you know that you're not gonna get all the ones that you want on there i'm going on my ninth pick and this is just a movie that's gonna be my movie. No, nobody probably has this on an 80s uh, you know, movie list, but I actually like it a lot. And what's interesting about this movie is the, uh, the main actor, the lead actor, he wrote the movie, and it's about him, kind of. And he's coming from not the United States, coming to New York City, and he's coming from somewhere else, Dana's thinking. Just try to like picture what that sounds like. Oh, that's Crocodile Dundee. There you go. Yeah, kid. that's Crocodile Dundee. All right, um, I love this movie because I I think it's funny. I like the concept of just oh. like an outsider coming into the big city. No, it's, it's hilarious. Brilliant. It's hilarious. It's
0: brilliant. It was, it was it was a movie that when it came out, it opened up decent the first weekend uh-huh. but then the momentum on this movie uh it was became like the number one movie for like six or seven weeks in a because row because it was funny as word of hell mouth. It's, it's
1: funny and know, paul yeah, hogan word of mouth. Yep.
0: paul hogan as uh michael j crocodile dundee uh-huh. uh was such a likable guy i totally agree this is the type of guy that 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 you know the ladies thought he was just a rugged attractive sure. guy yeah and the guys were like i would love to hang out and have a beer with this hell guy. yeah like, both
1: so, i agree totally agree he, it was
0: what he he had such he had so much charisma oozing from him uh yeah so, and he
1: and i read he was just a truck driver and then turned himself into a tv star in australia and then then all from that to this movie but yeah. what a big win for this guy and then i think the sequel was good because then they go back to australia yeah. Uh, I think that it still stands today I love the ending scene when he's leaving and then she goes and chases him down into the subway and then they're all talking the people are talking, uh, if you rewatch yeah. the oh, ending yeah. scene, yeah. It's, it's. I think the ending scene's cool and he's standing on people's heads getting back to her, it's, it's cool I, and, I, I and I of like, course it's got
0: the great scene,
1: that's the knife? not a knife that's, yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. she's like he's got a knife because someone's and trying and to rob really him laughs. he's, he's laughing like, that's not a knife, knife. <laughs> that's a, this is anyway. a knife shreds, <laughs> shreds Giant. <laughs> oh yeah,
0: it's awesome. <laughs> Great movie. Great Thanks. movie. All right. Uh, on to my next one. And again, I'm I know I'm skipping the the big ones, the Empire, yeah, me too, back, me the too, back to the yeah. future, and all that stuff so, because those are no-brainers. Everyone's everyone loves those. Those don't warrant much discussion. We all know. I'm gonna go for my next one. I'm, I'm taking Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. I have to, I mm-hmm. have to. Uh, we're talking about 80s movies that I love. That one's directed by Martin Breast, so I don't think I've got anything else on his list. This just goes back to this, maybe, and it probably is my favorite Eddie Murphy film. I absolutely love it. Uh, I mean, it's the, it's the classic fish out of water story, with a foul mouth Detroit detective who goes to Beverly Hills. And so uh, Foley, it, it's it's awesome. But it's also it's the action comedy, sure. and some of the action scenes in this film, especially awesome. the shootout at the end, yeah, is is awesome. is incredibly well done. The movie is amazing.
1: Love it. Awesome. Love it. So
0: good. All right, Beverly Hills Cop.
1: All right. I think I'm on my last one. How many more do I have left? I I think you're going to have one after me because of the trade. So um, I'm at nine. So this is my 10th pick. This is my last pick. You know, I have obviously a few that I want to get to. I'm really struggling. All right, so this is my last pick. I'm probably going to pick the biggest movie when it comes to accreditation, and uh, I'm sure it won multiple awards, maybe even best picture. I, I think I know it won best picture is 1988. Barry Levinson directed this film. Hmm. My, I'm picking this for my mother. My mom loves this movie. So, mom, I love you, and uh, make sure you watch or watch. Make sure you listen to my damn podcast because I'm mentioning you. um, I'm picking Rain Man, old Charlie Babbitt, and Raymond... what else I mean what else you got to say about how great a movie this freaking it, movie is It's
0: actually for uh, those who don't know I've been doing uh, hosting these dinner and a movie screenings and we've been doing mm-hmm. Tom
1: Cruise Tuesdays where we've oh. done
0: you know Jerry Maguire yeah. uh, A Few Good Men we just uh Cocktails this week Rain Man is
1: is next on the list after
0: that oh. so it's a great movie very serious but it's also got some really
1: fun funny, yeah, funny, for funny parts to it. Yeah as serious it is and really serious especially the unseen yeah. and all that but so funny but the, the funny stuff is the, so the, funny the, that's the, the entire Las Vegas scene
0: is worth the price of admission alone counting the cards yeah. and then coming down with the suits down the escalator yeah that's just it's just so awesome i mean Chicken. obviously it was parodied in the hangover Yeah. because it's such an iconic scene and the music oh, awesome. the the musical score it's a phenomenal pick thank you w- yeah. nice way to end out the draft so Thanks. i think i by my math i've got 2 left I right i think so yeah. all right so that's how that was going to work i took a couple yeah. of picks and i got 2, two left so we're going to do this quick cuz i know you got a hard yeah, out go in ahead. less than 10 minutes so uh, I have to go with this one. This one, I got to take off my list here. This is a John Milius film. Came out in 1984. It held the Guinness Book of World Records for the most violent movie of all time, which is ironic considering it was only rated pg-13 however in subsequent reviews of this film this movie definitely should have been rated r for its violence uh it has an incredible cast of up and coming leah thompson patrick swayze charlie sheen c thomas howell uh powers booth in an incredible role what a great name
1: powers booth the greatest
0: classic they they knew when he was born what he was going to be powers that's his real name how are you not going to be an actor uh (laughs) Of course, I'm talking about Red Dawn, mm-hmm. and it is. Uh, a, if you've never seen the movie, it's basically World War Three. It's what happens if World War Three breaks out, and America is part of the battlefield. And it is uh, again super heavy movie, mm-hmm. very serious, a bit ridiculous in some parts. But I just think it's. Okay. it's I think it's a very very good movie, and uh, uh, again, all practical. I guess that gives me the franchise. They made a sequel in 2012, which is I actually walked out of the theater. Yeah, well, you, you get to have that too. I'll let you have that. 45 minutes into the movie, there's a scene where they go to a they go to a subway which is still open, and they rob the subway, and oh, that's bad. And it's 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 awful.
1: For the record, you also have Speed Two from one of your other yes, drafts. Yes, so I do. You have some yes, I do. Excellent sequel. All right,
0: so to round out, this is tough. This is tough. I got to round out. Ooh, ooh. Did you pick John Hughes? I didn't pick John Hughes. I'm going to pick Weird Science. Wow, you must love that. You have that on the other draft. I love Weird Science. Wow, I love it. I, it's it's. I rewatched Chet. it the other day. It's Chet, is it Chet? It's Chet. Chet. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I I and and you know what? I don't even want to go through honorable mentions. I don't because, because if we do this again, we're going to do this again. I know. But what I have to do real quick, Bill, before you go, is uh, I had put this out sure. on. On on the face our Facebook group, which is uh, a is a link in this episode show notes for you to to join the group, join the discussion. I put out that we were doing a movie draft, and I asked you know what would be some people's picks. So Richard Lloyd he put The Goonies, Beetlejuice, Romancing the Stone, Scarface, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Karate Kid, The Lost Boys, Die Hard, Stand By Me, The Shining. Great list. Uh, Peter Schuller put No Retreat, No Surrender. John Claude Van Damme plays Ivan the Terrible, a Russian. Oh, that movie's that movie's something. You got to see it. Uh, Revenge of the Ninja, Bloodsport, Rocky IV, American Ninja, Running Man, Scanners, Police Academy Three, Back in Training. That's an interesting pick. I I I like the Police Academy. The third one. The third one. Aliens, RoboCop. Uh, Rosemary Daniels put Lost Boys, Ferris Bueller, Breakfast Club, Ghostbusters, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Bill Searcy put Looking Forward to This One. Need to start a poll for the best list.
1: Yeah, how about yeah. that? Let's, I want to uh, have uh, your viewers. We need a poll
0: out there. Uh, Ryan Copeland, who, uh, gr- good friend of the show, has been on it a couple times. Uh, he put When I Think of eighty movie, 80s Movies, My Mind Jumps to Breakfast Club, Back to the Future, Rambo, E.T., Goonies. Uh, movies that are inherently tied to that decade, he said, are Raiders of the Lost Ark, Conan, Empire, and Jedi, and Blade Runner. The Vern put Blade Runner, Heather's Do the Right Thing, Stop Making Sense, Stop Making Sense is the uh, uh, concert film with uh, the Talking Heads. It's cool. it's it's excellent. Cool. Clue, Xanadu, Big Trouble in Little
1: China. Ah. Oh so yeah. yeah.
0: Ghostbusters and Frankenhooker, which I've never seen. Frankenhooker.
1: I like the name. I love it.
0: Marcus Ativa put The Shining, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Terminator, Ghostbusters, A Nightmare on Elm Street, Alien, Stand By Me, Predator, Full Metal Jacket. Oh, there you yeah, go. I'm, see, I'm not, it's not just me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Die Hard. Uh, Ryan Copeland put, he added to this that he believe he, I'm a big believer that your next movie draft be Westerns in 2021. It's a massively overlooked genre. I'm down with that. that. needs a resurgence. Who is that? I like that Ryan guy. Ryan Copeland. Ryan, you're the man. Yeah, I'm, he I'm down just, with that. He just wrote a book that I'm excited to read called Sp- The Spirit of the Warrior, which uh, I'm in. Yeah, I can't wait to read it. Let's go. Kev Beasley put Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, The Terminator, Romancing the Stone, Big Trouble in Little China, Rocky Four, Back to the Future. Batman 89, The Burbs, Die Hard, and Scrooged.
1: Well so. then. Yeah, well so. said. I have a couple I can yeah. just just yeah. quick. Yeah, it, the, I'm not doing honorable mention either because there's plenty of movies that I can still keep going with. Um, some call-outs to my uh, my people. Um, old Danny St. Louis. Uh, old meaning just old friend. Nah, you're not old, sir. Um, he His favorite movie of all time. Fits comedies. Um, 80s. Military. That's stripes. Um, Carl Burtnett, another uh, very good old friend of mine. His One of his favorite movies besides The Natural is The Untouchables. Yep. Um, Nick Gilbert, one of my boys, said Back to the Future is his favorite 80s movie. Um, everyone's best friend Rob Mayne. Uh, he picked <laughs> E.T. He is a kid at heart. Um, and I will shout out that his father told me that everyone calls him Peter Pan in the family. So he he's a, the boy that never grew up. So I think that's the E.T. reference there. And then my beautiful wife, Melanie, and one of her um, favorite movies is Raising Arizona. And uh, her and her mom always liked Arthur that we kind of chatted about before. So those are just some call outs of uh, people that I. Yeah. And like I said, hold I dear to my
0: heart. And that's a great list from them as well. We, yeah. we, we like I said, we've only scratched the surface on this decade. Yeah. So, Bill, thank you so much for being on the show.
1: Dana, thanks for having me, and uh, can't wait for the next one. Yeah,
0: we're going to do this again soon. And my name is Dana Buckler, and thank you so much for listening.